It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us. You each have value. You're treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Producer Steve, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Big show plan. We've got a full house today in studio. In studio with me is Steve Noblet. He is running for El Paso County Sheriff. It's great to have you here, Steve. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. And also a candidate for Senate District 35, Kevin Conrad, is in studio, as well as his campaign manager, Charles. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Great to have you here. Uh, thank you for having me. And so we'll focus on you two in the third and fourth segment. We've got a lot to talk about. In the second segment, Will Trackman with Mountain States Legal Foundation will be calling in. And uh, they've got a case that's, uh, I think it's headed to the Supreme Court, isn't it, Steve? Anyway, it's on its way up regarding um, really discrimination in the Biden administration regarding I think I think it's regarding loan forgiveness for black farmers, but not for white farmers. And uh, we are seeing with that ABC News poll yesterday, Steve, that Americans really do want to have uh, us look at people on their merit instead of the color of their skin. When Joe Biden came out and said he was going to uh, appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court, most Americans are like, wait a minute, we want to make sure you appoint the best person for the job. Yeah, I think uh, we we batted it around a little bit, and the fact that it was a most likely something that was said on the campaign trail, and you know my favorite thing about these types of things, I call it vote buying, and uh, man, he, he first a black uh, woman. I mean, he, he he's cutting down uh, the candidate list by I don't know by factors of. Significantly. But what I find so interesting is the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party said that there is really no man or woman. So how can he say he's going to appoint a black woman when they say there is no black? Anyway, (laughs) I know I digress on that. But check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who contribute to support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do that. And uh, in honor of the fact that we have a candidate for sheriff in studio, I thought I would go to Matt Dillon for our quote for today. And Matt Dillon, who was played by actor Jim James Arness on television, he was the U.S. Marshal of Dodge City, Kansas, who worked to preserve law and order in the Western Frontier in the 1870s. And that ran, the show ran for nine years on CBS radio and 20 years on CBS television. And Steve, uh, you probably remember his deputy, who was um, Festus. Do you remember? The, oh, I, yes. I, oh, yeah. You re- remember that, Steve? I do. And uh, so this is the quote for, for the day. Festus says to Matt Dillon, you reckon we should turn in our guns, Matthew? 
And Matt Dillon says, no, Festus, just give him that colt we use for the doorstop. Then we're going to round up a posse. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, We're going to go ahead and move over to our bill of the day. As we know, Patty's been pulling bills of the day. And this one is... This one's embarrassing, Steve. This is absolutely embarrassing that legislators would bring this forward. You ready for it? Yeah, lay it out there, and then I guess I'll comment. But okay. My comment is really what you just said, but go ahead. House Bill 221134, and uh, she had the, uh, let's see, I thought she had the people that, oh, here we go. And it sponsors a representative, Brianna Titone, Democrat, and Senator Kevin Priola, uh, who is a Republican. And what it does is says the bill specifies that commencing January 1, 2023, a retail food establishment or third-party food delivery service may provide a customer with single-use food serviceware or a single-use condiment that accompanies food ordered for delivery or carryout only if the customer requests single-use food serviceware or a single-use condiment or confirms that the customer wants single-use food serviceware or a single-use condiment when offered, with limited exceptions. Now, let's start at the top there. Uh, Do you think Patty is signaling something here? (laughs) Look at these sponsors. Kevin Priola, someone who has an R behind his name. I I get a sense that she's making a statement there. Uh, Yes, because this does not seem to me like a limited government. But the other thing about it is, is I love to go through and get Wendy's chili. What if I forget to ask for a spoon? I've waited in line. I get to, to where I'm going to park my car and eat my chili. And I have no spoon because I didn't ask for one. And because there's a Colorado law that says they can't give it to me. Can you believe it, Steve? Again, it, it's almost embarrassing. The content of this is that you got to be kidding me. There's nothing of a higher priority out there that we need to be looking at. I think I'll ask Kevin Conrad, if you were elected to get down to the state house, would this be the kind of legislation that you might push forward? Uh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> this, uh, I, I don't have the bill in front of me, but I, I do recognize the names. And, okay. Um, there you go. And no, this is no, this is something that that would not that I would not seek out. I would be seeking out legislation to deregulate. And less government. It just seems like there's more government in this and that we are, um, once again, uh, putting more black words in the red books of the CRS that Mm -hmm. we don't need. So we're wasting taxpayer dollars on things that uh, we don't need to be working on right now. We have a food shortage crisis. We have a trucker crisis now. We have shelves empty. People are struggling to stay in business, and we're worried about spoons. And there you go. (laughs) And uh, 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 Steve Noblet, as a candidate for sheriff, would you arrest somebody if they uh, actually uh, accidentally gave somebody a spoon without them asking for it? Boy, I tell you, it's laughable. I I mean, there's just so much more that we need to be concerned about. Um, it, It is. It's absolutely laughable. Um, and another example of, uh, you know, a government overreach, uh, which, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. But no, absolutely not. Um, there's a lot of things that we won't touch, and this certainly wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> and it is, as you said, Kevin, it's amazing that we would actually put this into law here in in Colorado. And um, it, 
I just can't even believe that a representative and a senator would waste their time putting uh, putting their name on something like this. We need to start to have representatives and senators. They, you can run a certain amount of bills, can't you? Yeah, you get five bills and permission, special permission from the president. You can do more. But, yeah, you get five bills. And so you should really need to be narrowing down what people need right now. Small businesses are out of business. And these are issues that we need to be talking about. Mental health, education. Why are we talking about spoons? You get five shots, and Mm -hmm. this is something you're going to go for? Well, and I would really like to see, Kevin, that we elect people that start to, the bills that they run, start to walk back government. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? Absolutely. Um, There's so many bills being put out there that we're wasting time in committee that have nothing to do with what people are struggling with right now. There's business owners that can't hire people because they're on the unemployment docket. Then we have uh, business owners that are restricted and they can't um, uh, stay in business because of the government overreach and restrictions. Uh, And we're talking about spoons. Right. Forced minimum wage is making it very difficult for small business owners and then for entrepreneurs and business owners to be competing with the government who's paying people not to work. (laughs) It makes it pretty darn difficult. But let's go ahead and and jump into just a couple of other headlines. Uh, The first one is, uh, this is from the Epoch Times, and we're going to have Josh Phillip on at the end of the week, Steve. So I can't wait to talk with him. You know him, he's a senior investigative reporter with them and the host of Crossroads. But this says, uh, it says, a Japanese conglomerate has found that the anti-parasitic drug ivermectin is effective and safe for the treatment of the coronavirus Omicron variant, according to a phase three clinical uh, trial. Koa uh, Company Limited, a conglomerate with interest in trading, hospitality, and electronics, along with health and medical applications, issued a press release on January 31st stating that ivermectin has been found to be effective against Omicron. And you know what? Joni Mitchell and Neil Young said that they do not want to, uh, you know, use this particular Japanese company. <laughs> uh, those two Was that individ- too snarky for you? No, that, those two individuals on the has-been highway? Yeah, I, I know those two. <laughs> and as Brad Beck said yesterday, here these back in the 60s, they were all about freedom, free love, free, free, free. <laughs> and now they want to use force to shut down other people's voices. So let's go to break, though. Before we do that, though, <clears throat> one of my great sponsors is Hooters Restaurants, and they have five locations. That is Lone Tree, <clears throat> Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland. And they have lunch specials. They are keeping in the line on this right now, even with inflation crazy out there. They have $8 items, which are, you could have a fish taco, a lunch burger, some chicken tenders, $9 items, shrimp tacos, boneless wings, a chicken garden salad, uh, or a, a Philly cheese steak. And I love the lunch and fish and chips at 10 bucks, where you can get a buffalo chicken sandwich or a Western burger. They do have a lunch punch program, and they give a military discount as well. We're going to go to break. In studio with me is Kevin Conrad. Uh, he is a candidate for Senate District 35. And Steve Knob who is a candidate for El Paso County Sheriff. We'll be right back. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. 
Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our op-eds and podcasts and uh, our most recent guests that will be on the show. Uh, And um, thank you to all of you who uh, support us. We greatly appreciate it. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. On the line with me is Will Trackman. He is general counsel for Mountain States Legal Foundation, and he was recently on the show. We were talking about a number of different cases uh, that they're working on. Will Trackman, I, I, I thank you. It's great to have you with yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's great to always chime in, Kim. And uh, first of all, tell us about the case. Refresh our memory about the case uh, that you have regarding. I think it's the the Black Farmers and Loan Forgiveness. Is that right? Yeah, we've got a couple of cases going on. One one is the case, uh, we've got one in Wyoming with a female rancher named Lisa Carpenter, who a uh, young mother affected by COVID-19 in her ranch, and she's only not eligible for the COVID-19 debt relief due to being white. Uh, that's a shame. We've got a similar case going in Tennessee. And then we just launched, in the last two weeks, a case on behalf of a Colorado prison guard uh, named Joshua Young, who uh, was forced to go through this terrible diversity, equity, and inclusion training, uh, officially mandated by the state of Colorado, that said things like, all whites are racist, all whites perpetuate white supremacy. Um, If you reject that, you are just exercising your white fragility. Um, And you, uh, as a group discussion leader, you should be prepared for white norms and white talk as you exercise your uh, discussion groups. So very offensive stuff. Um, eventually Josh resigned. He just couldn't couldn't absorb these concepts as part of his training. So very offensive stuff. I was surprised to see it in the official Colorado training materials. Well, before we uh, get your comments regarding uh, Biden saying that he is going to select a black woman or uh, as his nominee for the Supreme Court, I want to remind all of you that today is the last day to make your comments regarding the revision for the social social studies uh, standards here in Colorado. I did go in yesterday and make comments on that. And a real easy way to find that is if you go to freebolder.org, Kathy Russell has written an excellent op-ed, and you go to issues and click on education, and you'll see the, the piece that she's written about the revisions. And she's got the link there. And then you have to just click on the link for social studies revisions, and you'll get an email where you can send that to. But it's really important. Uh, we're seeing, as people are starting to stand up, that it is, uh, it's having an effect. For example, these Canadian truckers that arrived in Ottawa, and then Justin Trudeau has gone into hiding. Uh, it, it's so interesting to see as people are rising up and making their voices heard in a respectful, peaceful manner. They're making a difference. And so be sure and go over and make those comments today on the social uh, studies uh, revisions. So Will Trackman, Biden comes out and says he is going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. And I, I, I was shocked. There was an ABC 
poll that was reported yesterday that 76 percent of Americans prefer that he uh, choose on merit instead of race and gender. And that's why I guess it was last week. That's why I thought I needed to get you on the show to get your comments. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's just remind everyone what Supreme Court justices do. This is the highest court in the land. They're responsible for interpreting the U.S. Constitution and federal laws. They're responsible for looking at texts and deciding um, what the text means and what the original meaning of the framers of the text uh, had in mind when the text was enshrined in our Constitution uh, when it was enacted either uh, in 1789 or after the Civil War or whenever the amendment was enacted. So those qualifications are unrelated to your race or your sex. They have nothing to do with the color of your skin or what your chromosomal makeup are. You can be good at those uh, qualifications without regard to what your race or your sex are. Uh, and I'm actually more surprised we haven't seen objections from left-wingers who are saying, well, President Biden's excluding all non-binary individuals, you know, the transgender community hasn't uh, risen up and said, why is that? Or all Asian Americans or all Native Americans or all Hispanic Americans, why are all these groups being prematurely excluded? Uh, but certainly it is a little strange ahead of time to look at all these um, racial demographics and say, you just can't be part of the mix, no matter what. We're going to look at skin color first and foremost and chromosomal makeup first and foremost and nothing else. And then we're going to limit it down to that pool, and then we're going to select from that pool only. Uh, and it's strange that we would say, okay, that is a racial and sex-based test that the president is going to apply in making uh, his selection. Uh, it seems un-American. I issued a statement last week condemning it. I wish that he would reverse course. I hope that when the next pick comes around, he doesn't do it again. Um, and the most qualified person... Um, you know, to interpret texts and to uh, evaluate original public meaning of the Constitution has nothing to do with sex or race. Well, and I know that Mountain State's Legal Foundation had had a, a case regarding air traffic controllers, and um, there, there had been a movement that they would be hired on, on, based on race instead of on merit. And you think about it, Will, if you're going to have a a brain surgeon or a surgeon or an air traffic controller or whatever it is, I think we as Americans would really prefer to have the best person for the job instead of somebody that fits certain boxes and the boxes that the radical activist left has been putting Americans into. So I'm actually grateful for this. This is just blowing the lid off of what has been percolating underneath the, uh, the surface for quite some time. And I'm so encouraged with this ABC poll. Yeah, you know, I was happy to see that three-quarters three of Americans right off the bat realized this was a raw deal. This is not the way that we should be operating. I'm glad you mentioned the air traffic controller test. Yes, we do have at Mountain State's Legal Foundation a case called Brigida. Uh, thank you. I hope we don't jinx it. We're expecting a ruling in that case this morning at 8.15 oh a.m. Uh, we're, hoping, we're hoping for a positive ruling from a judge out in D.C. We have a President Trump appointee who um, will be ruling on our motion for class certification. You're absolutely right. When you're, when you're flying in on a plane, landing, you're not thinking about the, the skin color of the air traffic controller guiding your plane down. You just want the best person for the job, and that's what we should want for the Supreme Court as well. 
just the best person for the job. Now, President Biden's conception of the best person for the job and my conception of that are probably different no matter what. But certainly we don't need to limit it on the basis of race and sex out of the gate. Well, and then, Will, let's let's talk a little bit about here in Colorado. And I mentioned this social studies uh, revision that today's the last day for comments. And as people have really delved into that, uh, there's some of our founding fathers that are not even mentioned in the social studies curriculum here in Colorado now. I, I Again, I think that in a way there's a, a silver lining to this uh, CCP virus, this COVID uh, disruption that we had, and that is it has shed light on what's been happen- happening in education. Parents are saying, wait a minute. My kids are falling behind. They're dividing our children based on color and race. I had to, uh, actually, he p- prefers to be called a Negro American on yesterday. Kane, who is, he's decided to really fight this CRT curriculum or what iterations thereof. But he said, basically, this curriculum is saying to little white kids that they're oppressors and little black children that they're victims. And nobody wins in that situation, Will. Well, I certainly don't think that a curriculum like that has any place in American schools. The idea that we would be teaching um, division to America's youth is very disturbing. You know, when I was in the Trump administration's Office for Civil Rights, we issued guidance on the last few days of the Trump administration saying things like, you can't grade students differently on the basis of race, you can't segregate students on the basis of race for instructional purposes, you can't prioritize reopening your school after COVID-19 on the basis of race. You can't let certain races of students back into the school um, based on their race at different times. And the Biden administration withdrew all of that guidance within a matter of days when they took office in the name of equity. So it just goes to show you what their definition of equity really encompasses. If all of those things are contrary to equity, uh, and I'm, you know, we're talking about foundational, uncontroversial principles. Then it's hard to know what's not um, in their definition of equity. If just blatant race segregation um, is part of equity, then boy, I'm scared for the republic because um, things things could get very dangerous in the next few years with respect to racial divisions. I'm encouraged, though. I, I, I see a lot of hope. And, of course, at yeah. Mountain State's Legal Foundation, you guys are doing a lot of really important work uh, for constitutional rights. And Mountain State's Legal Foundation um, really can use financial help, correct? Yes, absolutely. We rely on the generosity of our donors. We're a nonprofit law firm. So when we take a client, we don't charge the client legal fees. We... Um, don't bill by the hour. We enter an engagement letter that says you pay zero. At the end of the case, there is no bill. And so we depend on uh, folks in the public to come to our website, mslegal.org, donate what they can, support support the cause of liberty, support our cases and our clients, to send a message to President Biden, to the folks in Colorado, that this is one way that you can support liberty. You know, the state of Colorado and in D.C., um, you know, we have unified control of government by folks who are often hostile to liberty. Uh, the courts, however, um, are not so not so hostile. The courts have a um, pretty fair track record in this way, and so that's where we're fighting. You know, we are fighting in the courts for liberty. So if you believe in the mission, 
Check out MSLegal.org and help support us. Well, you guys are doing such great work, Will, and I really appreciate you uh, jumping on today. It was kind of late breaking to get you on the show, uh, but it's great to have you and your comments on that. And we don't want to jinx it, uh, but uh, really wish you good luck today on on, uh, what this judge rules on that particular case. Excellent. Thanks, Ken. Okay, that's Will Trackman with Mountain States Legal Foundation. And on the line with us is Karen Levine. You know her. She's an award-winning realtor. She's a sponsor of both The Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. And uh, she she it really works to, to protect private, private property rights on the local, the state, and the national level. And I've known her for many years. And if you're going to buy or sell a home, she's the person to have on your side of the table. But the National Board of Association of Realtors has sent some money here to Colorado to help the victims of the Boulder County Marshall Fire. Karen Levine, tell us about that. Well, good morning, Kim. And yes, the National Association of Realtors um, has what's called the Realtor Relief Fund. And it was established 20 years ago. And they have granted $2 million to our state fund, our state foundation, the Colorado Realtor Foundation. And those funds are to be used to help the fire victims who have rent payments to make and or mortgage payments to make and are not able to do that because their insurance dollars haven't maybe come in or they weren't in a position to have to pay rent into places because... The house they were living in is gone, and they are staying somewhere temporarily. So for those who need that help, or if you know somebody who needs that help, have them go to coloradorealtorfoundation.org or give me a call, and we'll get them connected and get a grant submitted on their behalf. Well, and Karen's number is uh, 303-877-7516, 303-877-7516. And Karen, over the weekend, I became aware of uh, five families that had lost their homes, people working with them. And so I texted you, and I think you guys immediately got connected, and hopefully that, that ball is rolling for those families. Exactly. And that's what we're hoping is that, you know, we have all great networks, and we hopefully know people, um, unfortunately, that were affected by the fires, and we want them to know that these resources are available to them and to get those dollars into their hands. Karen Levine, you do such great work, and uh, it's so great to have you as a sponsor of the show. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday, but again, um, we wanted to get you on so that, because as as people start to hear about this, those grants are going to be awarded, and the $2 million will be gone. So if you know someone that is a victim of the Boulder County Marshall Fire, call Karen at 303-877-7516, and she can get you to the resources that can help uh, those victims. So Karen Levine, thanks so much. Thanks, Kim. And again, her number is 303-877-7516, or you can go to my website, and her contact information is there as well. We're going to go to break. In studio with me is Kevin Conrad. He is a candidate for Senate District 35 here in Colorado, and Steve Noblett. He is a candidate for El Paso County Sheriff, and when we come back, we're going to find out how... uh, Kevin will represent rural Colorado and what Steve Noblet would do for El Paso County. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. 
Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank, to, and thank you to all of you who support us. I so greatly appreciate you. Uh, before we get over here to Kevin Conrad, another great sponsor of both the shows is Castlegate Knife and Tool. They're a family-owned business located in Sedalia, Colorado. And they also have a great website. That's Castlegate.com, Castlegate.com. But uh, I've been going to some weddings lately, and I've been just pleased to purchase a beautiful knife set or a great knife there at Castlegate Knife and Tool for the bride and groom. Uh, but if you're a collector, if you're a chef, or if you are a sportsman, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. Be sure and check out Castlegate.com, Castlegate.com, and let them know that you know me. Uh, let's jump over here to Kevin Conrad. He is a candidate for Senate District 35. What area is that, Kevin Conrad? So it, it starts with Elbert County and goes all the way down to Baca County uh, and over to Refineau County. It's okay. it's a, 13 counties, so it's huge. So and it's rural Colorado. It's very rural, okay. yes. And, Kevin, we have seen a real assault on rural Colorado by this uh, House of Representatives, this Senate, this governor. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm concerned because I think it's like the second largest industry in, in Colorado, yeah. isn't it? Yes. So ag uh, contributes $41 billion to the overall economy. And um, it, it employs about 173,000 people. Uh, one thing that I'm concerned about is this is a pattern that we've seen come out of the General Assembly. We've seen them back in 2011 start with the coal industry and wipe out the western or the west western slope, mm-hmm. and then they took the framework of that, moved it on to Senate Bill 181, took out the oil and gas industry, which was 31 billion dollars uh, to the economy, which 600 600 million of that went to education. How do you backfill that? Then COVID hits. And now we're taking out small businesses and we're restricting them and doing all this. And now they had meat, you know, the governor declares war on ag. And so, you know, people joke and and the governor backtracked his line saying, I was the best salesman for meat. Now, we had that meat day and there was barbecues all over the state. 
And I do know one thing about patriots, that if uh, government tells them to do something, they're going to do the opposite. And well, um, Yes, it was astounding to me last year when he issued a proclamation for a meet-out day. And uh, yes, rural Colorado <laughs> and, and, and in the city as well. Mm-hmm. People made sure that they went out and bought beef and pork and chicken. Uh, but there has been such an assault uh, on... On ag, and recently Ellen Kessler, who, who was a Polis appointee to the state veterinarian board, resigned because she made some nasty social media comments about our farmers and ranchers, and uh, and he hasn't really come come out and and said anything much about that. Um, it, it, Polis appoints some very interesting people. A lot of them are out of Boulder, but it, it was absolutely necessary for her to leave because uh, farmers and ranchers, I, I've spent some time on some ranches, and they are getting feed to death, not taxed. We call them fees now. They are the, – the red tape that's coming out of the Capitol is um, disgusting. Uh, they can't operate. And farms that have been in, in family generations for – for a long time, many farm there and and ranches are going out of business because they they can't stay up with the regulation that is coming out of out of the the hill. So um, we've got farmers and ranchers that are struggling to put f- fuel in their tractors, um, getting parts for their tractors. They're right. ordering parts for their tractors six months in advance because it may break down. Um, it's just, it's a very, uh, we, we need to give all the support we can to the second largest industry in Colorado, or we're going to go lose another industry. This will be the third one. Well, and, and that is important. But what we're seeing, and, and I think connecting the dots for people, saying, well, what does that matter to me? Or they weren't paying attention when the legislation was passed that uh, basically uh, started to close coal the coal industry here mm-hmm. in Colorado, and again, as you mentioned, that template is being used now to go after the oil and gas industry. But what it really means now is people are finding out. Yes. Oh my gosh! It costs a lot more to put money in or to put fuel in my car. It costs a lot more now uh, for my uh, to heat my home. Excel, who said that this whole clean energy thing was going to be. Um, affordable is down at the PUC asking for more money. Um, but then what, what's really going to happen, Kevin, I think, is that there's going to be higher prices at the grocery store, and we're going to start to see shortages. Yeah, 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 chicken's up 30%. Everything's up. Inflation's kicking in, too, while this is all going on. Mm-hmm. Inflation's kicking in. Uh, it's, let's put it this way. You can't afford to live in Colorado anymore. It's it's, but now you hear on both sides of the aisle they're going to address affordability and they're they're both looking at it from a, a government solution standpoint. We know that the best way to do, to address this is for government to get out yeah. of the way and not, as you mentioned, <laughs> fee people to death. <laughs> fee people to death. They're they're getting creative on how to get around uh, get around things like Tabor and which is Colorado's taxpayers' yeah, bill of rights. That's right mm-hmm. and. I'm just sitting here just astonished by the lack of leadership. I mean, not on the Republican side. We're doing everything we can, but in a minority, we we have to get more creative and we have to stand up and start uh, getting these guys confused on what they're doing. Run out the clock. I have to push back just a little bit. Look. I've been a bit disappointed in, for example, Kevin Priola here that has right. has done this uh, particular piece of legislation regarding spoons. Uh, I I think that 
I think Republicans could be a little more yeah. uh, freedom people. We get five shots. And if we're taking one of those shots for spoons, that's disappointing. I mean, we, we saw the people sponsoring the coal, uh, the end of the coal industry. We have Republicans signing on bills that make you scratch your head. And like, Why are we doing this? Why are we not helping people that obey the law? Why do we not help our police officers? Mm-hmm. Why do I mean, these are all big things, issues that we have to address. Why are we not pushing more back on the governor? Why are we talking about things that people really don't care mm-hmm. about and affect them day to day? I mean, like you said, it, it sucks to not have a spoon, but, I mean, we, we're worried about people's livelihood well, really and children. really not having food to put your spoon yeah, into, right? food to put your spoon into. And, uh, you know, I'm a big supporter of the ag industry. I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment. They're coming after us in every single lane that Republicans and patriots care mm-hmm. about. And that's just government, get out of my way. Um, I know how to take care of my family. You don't. What works in Denver or Boulder does not work in Elbert County or El Paso County. And we need to start bringing some of these decisions back to the people in uh, the, the counties, like the commissioners and local control. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. In fact, uh, last night was the candidate uh, orientation for the election for my hometown, which will be in May. And uh, just very interesting. I attended that. And yeah. uh, what was interesting on that, Kevin, I just I know I digress. But it's like I'm thinking, how could people know that a candidate is running? Because you can't do this. You can't put a sign here. You can't. And they even had on it that you couldn't put a sign on your vehicle. I mean, uh, that's got to be a. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. First of I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just arrest, do it. What are you going to do? Steve, about you're it? not going to uh, no, arrest we're, somebody we're, for we're a sign on their car, will you? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to put one on mine too. <laughs> um, I'm going to. I I can't remember that, but you re- referred to something, and I'd like to put it in our our recap, and that is whatever that piece of legislation was back in 2010 or 2011 that basically put in place. Uh, shutting down the coal industry. I know that Patty knows what that is, and she may text me with it. But if you pull that up, it's kind of interesting to take a look at whose names are on there. There's a lot of de- Democrat names on there, but there's also some Republican names. So I would suggest that people might want to do some sleuthing on that. So, Kevin, uh, let's let's continue on here. Let's We've got four minutes or so. What else do you want people to know about you as you are a candidate for Senate District 35? Well, I, I'm a small business owner, and uh, I've been fighting in the trenches for the Republican Party since 2006. And uh, I, I've been helping candidates, good conservative candidates, get elected to office. Some ha- haven't got elected. Some have. But I've been volunteering. I've been no- I knocked 6,000 doors last cycle. Um, talking to people. I'm on the ground and people are calling me every day. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, and I give them, give them, you know, free advice because at the end of the day, we're, we're all working together and we have one problem and that's the governor and the bad policies coming out of the Democrat party on the left in the general assembly Mm -hmm. as a statewide issue. Um, As a state senator, of course, we can't address federal issues. We have to refer them to our congressmen. But uh, I could tell you, as as, uh, Senate District 35's next senator, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to be kind of stirring the pot a little bit. I'm going to be asking colleagues, why are we talking about this and not this? And, And I'm going to represent rural Colorado because I live in rural Colorado. I've always grown up in areas like rural Colorado. And I've been in Elbert County for 
five years. I chair the conservative breakfast out there, and we've grown it to capacity. We're raising money. It's quite a group. It is a great group. And I'm the chair, I, and I, I just got elected as chair. I'm the former secretary of Elbert County um, GOP, um, which is an elected party official. And also, we're raising money for scholarships. One big thing that I have really paid attention and been active in is recruiting young people into the party getting them active, getting them motivated and involved. I have a great young Republican staff managing my campaign, and I'm teaching them. And they're, they're so excited, and they're doing everything for me, like Charles Carlisle here, who's with me. He's my campaign manager, and um, he's keeping me on track, making sure I'm <laughs> eating, sleeping, and doing everything that's mm-hmm. important as a candidate and talking to the right people. But um, back to the breakfast board. We, we raise money for scholarships for like-minded conservatives that are in college. We raise money for first responders. We even raise money for the food bank. We've donated to college Republicans. I've been very active with college Republicans over the past several years. Um, I think the party needs to start looking towards the next generation and who's going to step in because we can't have people that are – keep running for office revolving door politicians we need fresh ideas fresh new faces we need to um it's not the gop it's a grand young party and i'm going to help do that okay um, well yeah. and and how can people get more information about you kevin conrad uh, conrad for colorado and it, not a f- and at four number is, four it, yeah f-o-r okay conrad yeah. for colorado that's okay, right great. well it's great to have you here thank you and best of luck to you thank all you that. and uh, before we go to break another great sponsor of the show is kirsch insurance group they are experts in the medicare arena they're a broker so they represent a number of different companies and there's always changes being made in medicare it's all clear as mud to me uh, so that's why you need kirsch insurance group uh, for your medicare coverage their website is ikirsch.com that's i-k-i-r-s-c-h.com be sure and check them out we're going to go to break when we come back we'll be talking with steve noblet he is a um, candidate for el paso county sheriff going to ask him the difficult questions uh what about uh constitutional sheriffs what about red flag law and uh, i can't wait to hear what he has to say stay tuned with the federal government printing money it looks like inflation is on the horizon That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I'm very pleased to have in studio with me a candidate for El Paso County Sheriff, and that is Steve Noblet. Steve, it's great to have you here. Well, thank you, Kim. I want to start out by thanking you uh, for having me here and giving me this opportunity to um, this megaphone. 
Um, and I'm honored to be here with Kevin Conrad, a great supporter of public safety in uh, Colorado and uh, specifically El Paso County. We really appreciate his support. So tell us just a little bit about you, Steve. So uh, I've been a uh, police officer, full-time police officer, for over 28 years, and prior to that I was a Marine. I was an infantryman in the uh, Marine Corps, got out and Thank you for my freedom. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, and I'm going to keep fighting mm-hmm. for it. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm running for sheriff. I think we're in a lot of trouble here. Well, and I have some uh, questions. First of all, there's this constitutional sheriff. With what we've seen with COVID and the overreach of many bureaucrats and different agencies, people have really started to ask about a constitutional sheriff. Explain to us what what that means exactly. Well, I think that, you know, being a constitutional sheriff means that you are the guardian of everybody's rights that are um, laid out for them in the Constitution and all the amendments to the Constitution. And, you know, I personally have taken an oath uh, five different times to uphold the Constitution of this country and three different times in Colorado. And so I don't just do that because it's something I needed to do to get past a point so that I could move on with my career. I take that to heart. I swear to uphold the oath, and I'm a man of my word. Um, so being a constitutional sheriff means that you, you stand in, and you hold the line. And so when you have these, this government overreach and these bad ideas and these bad laws that are being passed, that you, you hold the line and you protect the citizens. And you don't enforce unconstitutional laws. You don't enforce or execute unconstitutional search warrants. You hold the line, and you hold um, the people that do that accountable. And, you know, part of the reason I'm running for sheriff is, you know, the absence of leadership in 2020. Um, across the country, we saw riots. We saw out-of-control behavior. Um, and in El Paso County, we saw the same thing. And I think it's, it, it's time for people to stand up and say we are a, a country with law and we need to abide by the rule of law and we need to hold people accountable for that. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. Well, in rule of law, I, I always make this clarification now because we've seen uh, we've seen I think Americans really are overall law abiding citizens. What we've seen with the reaction to COVID-19 and of course, we've had all these different questions about mandates and all that. But but I think that that Americans do believe in the rule of law, but we have to make sure that it's a constitutional law. Right. Well, I think it's it's important to, you know, take into consideration, you know, things like uh, these executive orders that we've seen over the years, the last couple of years specifically, um, with vaccine, uh, you know, mandates in certain areas and then uh, these mass mandates. You know, those are all things that uh, the sheriff's office when I, and the uh, Noblet administration, we're not going to have any part of that. Um, I believe in individual liberty. I am a patriot and I believe in freedom. And you do what you you need to do to keep yourself safe, um, but we're not going to tell you how to do that. What a novel idea. It's, it's, it's <laughs> crazy, isn't it, that we have to say it? It is crazy. Let's jump over here to the red flag law. When that legislation was uh, going through the, the state house here, I read it, and, and I really would encourage people to read this. I used to think, Steve, that it was above my pay grade to read legislation, and so I would just rely on the sound bites, and, and, and it's like, wait a minute. 
I can read this. And as I started to do that, I, I read that and I looked at it. I mean, this is terrible. Right. Somebody could go off to work. And somebody might, that it could be somebody that had been in their, their home for, I think, a, a period of time. So it could be a relative. It could be somebody that was living there. It could be uh, an old significant other or somebody that might have a, you know, a, an axe to grind with that person. Mm-hmm. And they could go to a judge and they could say, I think this person is a risk. And what judge, honestly, what judge, if somebody comes and says that somebody is a risk, is going to to uh, probably say, now, wait a minute, because if something would happen, a judge would want to make sure that they had erred on what they thought was the side of the potential victim. So anyway, the uh, accusation could be made. The person's at work. They don't even know it. Law enforcement can come in, take all of their firearms, and they come home, and they didn't even know they'd been accused of anything. Right. So that's my read. Yeah. So you're exactly right. Uh, The, you know, the the red flag laws uh, put into place these extreme risk protection orders that you can seek out as a family member um, and you go to a judge and a judge makes a determination whether or not that person should have firearms and you know in addition to that there's a component of the law that talks about law enforcement can also do this and I, I'm here to tell the uh, the citizens of El Paso County when I'm sheriff we're not going to do it um, we are not going to be, that, that is not going to be a priority for the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. Everything that we do, we will route through the parameters and the guidelines set forth in the Constitution. There's a couple of different ways to, for me to get into your home as a law enforcement officer, and it's really very few. It's with a search warrant, a search warrant that outlines probable cause to believe that you've committed a crime. I can get in with your consent. And I can get in under an emergency exception to the search warrant requirement, which is very minimum life and death type circumstances. And so in El Paso County, if a family member decides that they have a loved one that they believe are suffering from mental illness and they get a judge to sign an extreme risk protection order, we're going to also seek a search warrant. And if we can't get a search warrant, we're not going to that house. Okay. But and, but there are things in place to protect people from somebody that might have um, a mental challenge and firearms. I mean, my understanding is there's already things in place that would protect people with that. Yes? Well, yeah. I, you know, anytime you think that someone is a threat to you or someone else, you always have the opportunity to call law enforcement and law enforcement can come there and make an assessment. We, that there is, there is a law on the books that allows us to put someone into protective custody if they're a threat to themselves or others. Um, but we have to be very discerning about that because, again, we're law enforcement. We do have special programs and we're going to beef these mental health programs up when I'm sheriff where we have more therapists and and uh, social workers that ride along with us and help us make these Mm -hmm. determinations because as much as we train and as much as we do we're not the experts there are people out there that do this for a living um, and but there are ways that you Mm -hmm. can uh, you know put someone into protective Mm -hmm. custody so you can be protected from someone suffering from mental illness without seeking an extreme risk protection order. Well, it seems to me, Steve Noblet, as I read that bill, that if somebody was a threat, it seems like you would want to actually deal with them, the threat, instead of going and taking their firearms from them. Right. It, and so it seems like it was it's a yeah, camel's nose under the tent against the Second Amendment. We've got about four minutes left. 
crime is another thing that people are very concerned about. Right. As uh, El Paso County Sheriff, what would you do about that? Yeah, our, our crime is, you know, higher than, than we've ever seen. I mean, we have violent crime rates that are out of control, homicide rates that are out of control, property crime rates that are out of control. Colorado's number one in car thefts. There you go. And car thefts. I mean, motor... And I don't know if the public realizes it. One of the biggest things that we see are burglary of motor vehicles, people breaking into your cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their infinite wisdom here in Colorado, our uh, legislators decided that that should be a misdemeanor. It's always been a felony. And I can tell you from a law enforcement perspective, when we catch people breaking into cars, they typically do it in lines on streets. And when we catch them, we need to be able to put them in jail. Now we're going to give them a ticket. And that's just unacceptable, but that's just more of this garbage that's coming out of Denver that is harming our public safety's ability, public safety officers' ability to do their jobs. We haven't even talked about Senate Bill 217 that came out shortly after the riots in Colorado and did nothing but paralyze our law enforcement. We have officers that are afraid to make contact with citizens because they're afraid they're going to mess something up. You you talk about this spoon law that we opened mm-hmm. the show with. You got you got people that are going to work in the service industry now that are going to be afraid not to put a spoon, or they, if they put a spoon in the bag, they're going to get in trouble, or vice versa, if they forget to put the spoon in the bag. It's nonsense. It's government overreach that has gone too far, and they did the same thing to law enforcement. They have paralyzed this. If you don't hand a business card to everybody you contact for a law enforcement purpose, you can get in trouble. If you don't put on there how they can complain on you, you can get in trouble. If you forget to turn your body camera on, you can get in trouble. If you don't um, fill out a contact or the contact card on that same contact, you can get in trouble. There is there is so much overreach and so much antitrust that came to on our law enforcement because of something that didn't even happen in our state. It's time to stop and it's time to you know elect people like Kevin so that they can go back and roll back some of this legislation because sheriffs like me, we're going to push back. And you're going to hear from me, and I'm going to hold our legislators accountable. Um, we have to put this put this to bed and, and roll back some of this nonsense. Okay. Hey, Steve, we've got probably about a minute and a half left. How would you like to wrap this up, and how can people get more information about you? Well, you know, my name's Steve Noble, and I'm running for El Paso County Sheriff. Uh, you know, I believe that law enforcement is in crisis. We have our ranks are uh, emptying. Um, that thin blue line is getting thinner and thinner. Remember, we stand in the gap. We stand and hold the line uh, between those that want to harm you and the good citizens of this uh, our county. Um, you know, I've been a law enforcement officer for over 28 years. Uh, prior to that, a Marine. I have the leadership experience. I've been in leadership. And my goal is to to lead an officer with a high degree of character and with integrity and to protect our citizens at every corner. And that means that if something is being put on us that's unconstitutional, we're not going to do it. So, Well, and I, we the people need to be electing uh, representatives, Agreed. sheriffs, senators that will make sure that they hold the line there. But we as citizens have a responsibility to be uh, partaking in this as well. So Steve Noblet, it's so great to have you here. What how can, uh, What's your website? Steve Noblet for sheriff at uh, or dot com. Steve Noblet for sheriff dot com. And that's a Steve, S-T-E-V-E-N-O-B-L-I-T-T-F-O-R. 
F-O-R. Yes, ma'am. Sheriff, S-H-E-R-I-F-F, right? Yes, ma'am. Look me up. Thanks uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you. And Kevin Conrad, thanks again for being here. And again, what is your website? It's Conrad for Colorado. Kim, you're wonderful. Thank you for having us. Well, and uh, it really is. It's a, it's, it is an exciting time here in Colorado. And it's a, an exciting time in America as well. It's messy. It's complex. But I am so encouraged by all that we see that is going on here. Our quote for the end of the day is Marshall Dillon. He said, Dodge is no place for a gambling man who talks fast but moves slow. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.